Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Espresso Agent. The key to success in real estate is confidence, especially when it comes time to call prospects. Espresso Agent gives you that confidence with the best for sale by owners and expired contacts delivered directly to your inbox seven days a week. Up to 90% of our contacts have phone numbers and the most cell phone numbers on the market. Every day, you can dial with confidence when you dial with Espresso Agent. Visit EspressoAgent.com forward slash agents. Welcome back, Lab Code Nation. In this week's episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast, I had the opportunity to talk to Brian Bowles about transaction coordination. When faced with the challenge of hiring transaction coordinators and creating a workflow that delivered a great client experience at his own brokerage, Brian focused on a solution and ultimately developed Transactly, a service that offers both skilled talent and technology to simplify the journey for both the agent and client. Some great business nuggets in this one, so let's tune in. Okay, welcome back, Lab Coat Nation, to another episode of the Lab Coat Agents Podcast. And today I am excited to bring on a guest who is on my home turf. That doesn't happen very often because not a whole lot exciting happens in the Midwest. Uh, no offense to anybody in the Midwest, of course. Uh, however, uh, I get to bring on somebody with a ton of industry experience, a ton of industry success uh, through multiple endeavors. He's been involved in multiple companies. Most notably, he's the founder of Worth Clark Realty. And which has now led to another company called Transactly, which we are going to talk a lot deeper about. Welcome to the show, Mr. Brian Bowles. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, we're both in St. Louis. It's feeling very fall here today. I got the flannel on to represent the fall. It's uh, but I like I love this this time of year. It's good. It's good. You know, the best part about St. Louis is four seasons, I guess. Uh, but I could skip winter. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's good, not just because of the weather portion of it, but this time of the year, you kind of get to scale back a little bit from the, from the chaos of the summer and start getting back to planning and building things and preparing for that next big spring. That's true. So that's, that's the part that I love about the business side of the seasons. I agree. That, and that, that happens no matter where you live. That's right. Well, I, most places, I should say. I take that back. We just, uh, I talked to some people in Florida recently, and they say, no, no, we're ramping up right now because winter season is when it's hot. Yeah, you got so the I snowbirds. Guess, yeah, yeah. I, guess, I guess it depends. So, so, Brian, let's get into it. So, first of all, let's tell the listener about who you are, kind of your upbringing in the business, where you're from, what led you to real estate. Go. Yeah, you bet. So, uh, gosh, I got into the real estate in 2006. And um, before that, I was an equities trader. So, you know, I started my career in a completely different business, but leaned into real estate like a, a lot of other people when things were really hot and I got involved and um, started doing listings and sales and did incredibly well. I became a top listing agent here in the St. Louis market. And then I uh, finally got to the point in 2012 where I couldn't juggle two jobs. You know, I was, I was uh, really working two things full time and doing well at both. Had a family one had to give. So I launched my own brokerage at that point and stepped away from uh, another career as an equities trader. And that's when I really kind of blew things up from the real estate side of things. I stepped back. So I stepped back from doing sales when I did that and built a brokerage. And that was Worth Clark Realty. Um, and we did really well in one of the worst real estate markets we've seen, especially here in the Midwest. 
and I can go into a lot of what I think were the contributing factors, but we did a number of things, you know, both for growing out our agent side of teams and then also property management and uh, property management did really well. And we sold that business off just about a year and a half ago. So we scaled that business up. We were ranked in the Inc. 500, uh, now for the fourth time after, after starting it in 2012. And um, so in the last two years, that's led us to, all right, what else can we provide to our agents? And that led to Transactly. So what we originally started to create was a dashboard and a service to make our agents much more efficient and provide a better experience for their clients. And we started building this thing out and I realized, all right, for this to really have traction and to really scale it out, we should just make it agnostic. It shouldn't just be for Worth Clark. All agents should have access to this thing. So I stepped back from running Worth Clark about a year and a half ago to scale up what is now Transactly. So we're not, we're now live, we're nationwide, and we are a tech-enabled transaction coordinator service and then a technology platform. So agents can use the technology themselves to be more efficient, or they can use one of our transaction coordinators to be more efficient who are powered by our technology. So let's rewind. And you said something about what led you to opening your own brokerage. Talk a little bit more about that. Talk about uh, what, what, what caused you to go down that path and what, what things you put in place uh, that you thought would make it potentially better. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's the same kind of mindset. If you ever read a book like E-Myth, which was a big book for me back then, and um, how could you scale things up? You, can pl- you plateau at some point as a salesperson. You can only do so much on your own. And so I knew what my average commission was myself. And it was, all right, well, what can I do to get more of that and do less? So let's start delegating some things. So we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll start delegating out all the <clears throat> actual listing tasks. And then once we have a listing, start referring most of my buyers to a buyer's agent. And that was, you know, the basic team concept. And then it just snowballed into, well, I'd rather just be the brokerage at that point And I'll show other people how to build their teams out. So that just naturally progressed into then delegating everything out throughout the company. You know, we brought someone in that became our head of agent inviting, if you will. So they would bring agents into the company. We delegated out all the property management tasks. And we showed all the agents also how they can start delegating things out, building teams and so forth. And again, that's what naturally led to Transactly is a lot of agents just struggled with getting to that next plat, getting past that plateau into the next step. You know, how do, how do I break away? And a lot of, a lot of agents just go, all right, well, to get more business or more revenue, I need more leads. Not necessarily. A lot of times you just need more time to get in front of your current network. And that we found, or at least being in the business, you know, the largest chunk of your business over time comes from past business and referrals. And you have to work that. Yeah, leads are great and you want to do that all day, but you've got to dedicate that time to uh, working those things. So you've got to delegate it out. And that, that's what we help with. So let, let me ask you another question. Let me let me keep keep the clock rewound here for a minute. Um, you let's talk about you as as an individual agent and and why you were successful. Because at the end of the day, that's kind of the content that we want to give. Obviously, is is primarily to help somebody walk away from each podcast with a nugget, a nugget that they can they can integrate in their business. So I'm going to ask you questions, trying to find those nuggets, right? So get, t- tell tell the listener about what you felt like was a contributing factor or factors that led to you being a top producer and then led you to work hard? The number one factor I would say is focus. And what I wanted to focus on was listings. And I think if I would have got distracted in any other way, I wouldn't have been able to scale up. So that's what I did. And that's all I did. 
was listings. And if I had a buyer come to me, I would work a couple of buyers, but if it got in the way of my activities for doing more listings, I would refer those buyers out. I was okay with sacrificing that, you know, that 70% because I'm giving, you know, I'm only getting a 30% referral fee in that scenario. I'm okay with sacrificing that to get more listings. So the number one contributing factor was that everything else came second. And when you focus on that, though, that if you have that kind of focus, it scales up. So then to get further in the weeds, how did I get the listings? Well, it was just uh, the grind of FISBOs. That's what I worked. And it's tough to say because it's easier to get to a FISBO now. But back then, so this was 2009, 10, when I was doing a, a lot of listings, um, more FISBOs were in Craigslist than they are now. And that's, I mean, that's, it's not as relevant as it is now but that's where I got a chunk of business. But what it came down to is whatever that chunk of lead sources that you have, it's just focusing on it and working on it consistently over and over and over every day. And then as that snowballed, then I delegated that thing that, okay, you go into Craigslist every day, you email these, every new lead, put them in our drip. You do that. Now I'll work on all the past clients. And that, that's how that, that delegation I'm talking about starts to snowball. Right. And then over time, then you find someone else to help work your network. And that doesn't mean that they're talking to them, but that means they're doing all those tasks of your mailers, your emails, campaigns, all that kind of stuff. So, again, number one contributing factor then is just focusing on getting the listings. And that was it. So uh, at what point would you say, because that's, that's a good topic, uh, we, and we've talked about this on several podcasts before, is, is at what point do you decide to hire somebody? And when you did decide to hire them, was it specifically to tackle Craigslist or were they doing other things for you? What would you say there? Uh, so two questions there. The first, you know, is how did I determine it? Well, there, there's always, there's a well-known saying in the entrepreneurial world, but you hire when it hurts. So once you get to the point where you realize you just can't juggle anymore, you hire. But the problem with that is if you wait for that time, then it hurts really bad because hiring is a very, very time-consuming thing. You shouldn't just hire anyone that answers a job ad or seems friendly. And worst case, that you get along with as a friend because sometimes that can get really, really sticky. So do the job, hire, screen well, take your time doing it, and you'll find the right fit that, that's long-term. So any tips, how, any, any tips for vetting properly, like, uh, you know, t- disc profiles, like where to find them uh, any, any tips there? There's a lot. I think you got to find with what works for you. You know, for me, I judge a lot by how well someone writes. So I would always start with that. And like a, an email or a cover letter to me is much more than a resume or even industry experience sometimes. So I would start off just, with a basic email interview, just to see if they can pay attention, to see if they can put together proper sentences, how friendly they are without being too pink font and just keeping it professional, right? Um, so there's a lot of everything I've, I've tried. That one sticks the most, though. So. Okay, awesome. Good, good thing. And, and, and one thing else I also wanted to point out, too, is you, know, you, were, you were juggling two careers. And I think there's yeah. a lot of real estate agents that can resonate with that. And, and I say this because... I think it needs to be reassuring to people. And I know uh, even my brother was one who, who juggled and, and eventually took on real estate full-time just like you did. Uh, but is there any tip or, or piece of advice that you give somebody? Because I think, again, there's not a lot of real estate agents 
I don't know the statistics on this, but they, they don't come out of college saying, I'm going to be a real estate agent, right? You, yeah. you have another career and then whatever reason, it leads you down that path, just like it did for you. Do you have any advice for any agents who are out there who are juggling the second career and struggling to, to maintain the pace or struggling to see the light at the end of the tunnel? It's tough. I, I think a lot of depends on what that other career is. You know, fortunately for me at that point in my financial services, the industry career, you know, I started off as an equity trader, then ended off as a role of a, a business analyst. So it was very project oriented. You know, I didn't have to sit at a desk and, you know, be chained to a, a PC or whatever from nine to five. I had a lot of freedom so I could ebb and flow uh, and to juggle those two things. Uh, but that's not to say that it wasn't taxing by any means. At some point, the people that you work with at your, let's call it your day job, at some point they start catching on. So you have to make sure that that just doesn't interfere with that because you have to respect the commitment that that employer has to you. So I think that's first and foremost is, is the respecting of both sides. Yeah, I, I don't have a good recommendation other than, look, it's just it's just pure focus, you know, and you have to make sacrifices. So it's the basics if you're going to try to pull that off, you have to be committed to working 18-hour days. I mean, it's it's literally that at some point, if you're lucky, because if you get to working those long days, it means, all right, one of these has to give, I need to pull the trigger. And getting to that point of pulling the trigger is tough too, because it's still a leap. Even though you're making you know some revenue from your real estate business, there's always risk involved. You know, you've got uh, seasonality, like we were just discussing. You've got market fluctuations, economy, who knows, you know, it's, so it, that's the biggest thing, but just at least once you have that good base, I can tell you, once you take the leap, uh, if you've got a good foundation, you shouldn't, shouldn't worry. You'll do well. It, it that's when things really grew is when I finally got, I was able to get past that decision. Giving up that steady paycheck, I think, is probably yeah, the it's thing. Uh, it's like crack. It really is. It's modern day crack is a steady paycheck. <laughs> yet, yet anybody who's entrenched in a real estate career, whether that's mortgage, real estate, it's also crack because there's many days when you're like, I don't know why I do this. This is stupid. Right. And then you think about it, you're like, I don't want to go back to a steady paycheck. I don't want to go back to the to a check that I can't control how big or small it is. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, I like, it. I like it. All right. Well, so let's fast forward. So, so that's good. I mean, I, I think that was really good, good, good information. But let's fast forward to what led you. Obviously, what what defined how you built Worth Clark, which then led to Transactly, which obviously obvious reasons you wanted to become more efficient. You wanted to kind of overcome a hurdle that a lot of real estate agents deal with. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I started the brokerage kind of as a platform for agents, you know, what at the time was a very controversial model, you know, it was a flat fee agent model, but I thought it was fair. After working for a traditional brokerage where I didn't get leads originally, but a giant chunk of my commission was taken out, it just didn't make sense for me. So that's why I started with that brokerage model. Um, it was a it was a big it was a big move because there wasn't anything like that in St. Louis at the time and we did really well with it. So we we moved forward with that model. We did provide leads and we provided splits for those leads and we did really well. So that's how we started out was, all right, where's a gap in the market? Let's go after that gap. So that was a gap that we saw. You know, I'm, I see the plus in both models, traditional, you know, taking splits and flat fee. There's a fit for everyone. But we saw it as a gap and we went after it. The other gap that we had at that time was property management. Houses weren't selling. I saw it because I was doing so many listings, but just nothing was selling in 2012. And we had people calling us saying, well, I'm going to go ahead and rent it out. And so at that point, it's another opportunity like, well, 
why are we going to let this go? You know, we can build out a property management team. We did. And we became the number one in Missouri, Kansas. Uh, then we quickly spread out to Chicago, Denver before selling it last year. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And then, okay. So then from there, um, it's now led you to where you are today. And now you're, now your yeah. focus is on this transactly platform. So let's, let's, uh, let's dig deep on it and tell these agents what that is and how it can benefit their business. Yeah. So I, it, the, what led to it is the same kind of thing, you know, the same kind of gap. There's a ton of stuff out there and people selling things to agents on how to get more business, get more leads, and it's tough. And there's really no one out there helping agents be more efficient. And that's what we're after here. And not just being more efficient, but providing a client experience along with it. Because I think those things go hand in hand. You know, if you are able to be, give your clients a better experience, educate them along the way, it's going to save you time. You know, you're, you're not going to have to explain things as much along the way. They're not going to, I hate to say this, but text or email you as much with, hey, what's going on? What am I doing? where that's what transactly does is keeps people up to date. So that's, that's was the genesis of this. That's why we launched transactly. So we, and we launched it just about a year ago, uh, late September of 2018. So we're a year into this now and, um, we're doing incredibly well. It's one of those things you didn't realize how many agents out there didn't know what a transaction coordinator was. And so we're introducing the service to them and they love it. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's very satisfying once you have an agent that comes back to you and says, hey, look, I was able to do twice as much as I did last summer because I was able to focus on, you know, whatever it is, A, B, or C, you know, listings in one case or whatever it is. You know, so next for us now is continuing to, to scale that out, spread the awareness of what we're doing and just get more and more efficient and better at it from a client experience perspective. Which is why we're here today you know, and how we got introduced uh, to each other. So uh, l- let me ask you a couple of questions. You know, so I'm going to come from a, a primitive perspective here. And, and we've talked about this in other conversations with, with other people, uh, namely Tristan, about how the concept of a transaction coordinator is probably extremely normal on the West Coast, but not so much here in the Midwest. And, and depending on where you're listening from, uh, whether or not it's normal for you. So, so let's, let's dumb this down for a second, assuming there are some listening that, that really aren't familiar with that concept. And I kind of explain to them kind of what that traditional transaction coordinator does and why, or the pros and cons versus a, a human versus a, a, a technology piece like Transactly. Yeah. So you get, first you do get humans with Transactly. I mean, we're all powered by our proprietary technology, but to answer your question on what a transaction coordinator does, I mean, we handle, we like to say we handle all of the non-revenue generating tasks for you to a degree. So let's just go through a basic contract to close because that's where we really do most of the work. You know, once an agent goes under contract, we take all those documents, make sure that they meet whatever requirements they have or their brokerage has, you know, make sure their signature is where they're supposed to be. If it says there's a rider or some attachment to the contract, we ensure it's there. If not, then we chase that down, get those signatures, and then organize those documents, put it in their brokerage's compliance folders or system, whatever they use. And then within our application, we build out a custom timeline based on that contract, everything that needs to be done and when. So inspection dates, any other contingencies all the way to closing, we track that, deliver automated updates. And then as our transaction coordinator starts tackling those things, like 
scheduling the inspections and so forth. We keep the agents updated. And if they want their clients updated, we'll do that as well. And then anytime anyone can log in and see where we're at and what's going on with things. That's it kind of in a nutshell. There's a lot, you know, that goes on behind the scenes and in the weeds too. Well, let's get granular. Let's, right. let's get granular on it. Okay. So start from the beginning. Start from the beginning on what would happen. So again, I, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, and I might be wrong, uh, but transactly, if, if you work, if you're more of an independent agent and you're really very entrepreneurial, kind of like the same way you were, you weren't provided leads, you were on your own, it was entrepreneurial, you're responsible for doing your own paperwork, for lack of a better term, for lack of a better way of saying it. And so, um, and I think this applies to all different kinds of brokerages, but uh, you are then tasked with either A, doing it yourself, B, hiring your own person, or C, finding somebody like yourself, correct? That's correct, yeah. Yep. So so it, it, I guess it, let's talk about the beginning of the process. So when, so when an agent, at what point, I guess, let me ask it this way instead. At what point does Transactly come into the picture during a transaction? There's multiple points we can come in. It, it, well, typically, let's start there. We'll go happy path scenarios. If it's on a listing side, we can help with the listing setup. So we'll schedule the photographer will organize the paperwork, send disclosures out, and then enter the listing in the MLS. So that's one set of services. You know, it's our listing coordination. So then we have transaction coordination, and that's contract to close. So whether you're representing a buyer or seller, that's when we step in is once there is a contract in place. So we don't get involved with any type of negotiations, presenting offers, anything like that. Just we found there's a lot of liability and ultimately the agent is the one that has the fiduciary duty to their client. They really should be the one negotiating, uh, presenting offers, et cetera. Most of our transaction coordinators are licensed, but still they're not truly representing the client. The agent is. So we, we don't get involved with those. But we do get involved with every other thing that you, know, that you just mentioned and I mentioned earlier, which is we can send documents out for signatures. We can go ahead and put all the paperwork if something's missing let people know and go chase that down. We can schedule the inspections. We can deliver instructions to people. Um, we can order title. You know, we can explain how some of those processes work. We have, a lot of our transaction coordinators have experience with title. And then all those things that need to be scheduled afterwards, whether it's like scheduling the handyman to come out and make the repairs that were negotiated, we can do those things. It's all that stuff. You know, some people refer to it also as like a virtual assistant, if you will. Mm -hmm. Although we think we're a little step up from that. That's why we're called transaction coordinators, uh, because there's a specific knowledge that we have after doing so many of these things. So when an agent signs up for the service, do they then kind of work with someone on the on your end to 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 determine exactly how they want it? Like, you know, this is this is what I specifically want. I don't need you know, you basically give them a menu and they choose from the menu or do they just automatically get everything and then you just kind of work together? Because I assume this isn't one size fits all because each individual agent is different in how they do things. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, so we start abroad. So like we have basic pricing that varies state by state, which encompasses everything that we do. And some people can carve out some things out of it, but most people just go with what we do. Where it gets really customized, though, is how those things get done. So generally, that's not like an a la carte of services that we have. You know, we have listing coordination, and then we have transaction coordination. And then from there, how that service works, 
like we customize it. Some agents don't want us to communicate with their clients. Great. So we don't, you know, some agents prefer to have a, you know, a certain thing in their email that comes out from one of our transaction coordinators. Great. We'll include that. Some people prefer that we use these set of vendors on every deal. Of course, we'll do that. Uh, some people prefer that we not only manage it in our application, but also we update their application. Great, we do that. So those are all the different customizations that we do because yes, everyone is unique. And we've also found that it's, sometimes you customize the person too. Like we found you've got a fantastic transaction coordinator who does great with other clients. And then you have one agent that's also a very great person, but sometimes there's just a personality clash right? And so they just don't work well together. And we've run across those. So since we have such a large network of transaction coordinators, we then allow them to go ahead and interview a couple others to see what's a better fit. That's happened a couple of times and it's worked out great. It's come up with this debate, you know, like, should we get a disc profile? We have disc profiles of all of our transaction coordinators, at least most of them. But should we get it from our client and go through that on our onboarding process? We would love to do it. I just don't think many agents would commit to submitting one. But I, I could tell you it would help tremendously if we could. I think people who get it would understand though, especially if you explain yeah. it that way, because this is not robotic at all. It's not just pl- plug it and play it. It's, right. it's like literally, and that's, that's important. I mean, I think that's, I didn't, I didn't know this and I've talked to you several times. So I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 So we, we've, we've entertained how we could go about that. Sometimes I'll tell you, getting someone to onboard to commit to that time, sometimes just to go through it. Because once we sign a client up, it's like, all right, how do we customize it? What do you do? This is going to just take half hours over the, half an hour over the phone. Just so we can go through some questions and it's hard to get agents to commit to that sometimes, but it pays in dividends when they do some sign up. And then as soon as they have a transaction, we can't get them to onboard. Then they send a transaction and we're like, well, hang on a second. We have to learn how you want us to do all this stuff. Right. But you'd rather knock that out up front. This is one-on-one stuff, folks. It's, it's, it's called you get out of it what you put into it. If you don't have a half an hour, first of all, you're full of crap because you're not that busy. <laughs> Second of all, uh, you know what? We have the exact same problem uh, in the mortgage world with it's the same thing. It's the loan officer assistance and loan officer and, and the best LOs paint the proper picture and have the proper relationship with their assistant, which we call them assistants. You guys call them transaction coordinators, but it's the same thing. Get out of what you put into it. You're going to have a crappy deal because you, you, you handed them a napkin with information or you're going to have a really smooth deal because you painted a picture, you asked the questions, et cetera. Um, I wish this existed as we were talking, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I I wonder if something like this existed in the mortgage world. Uh, We looked it, it, it does. But it's just like outsourced processors. Sure, right, right, right. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So um, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of like a listener here. So uh, I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, what if I wanted to sign up? What are the next steps? What, what does that entail? Yeah, so you can call, sign up on our, our, our website, Facebook page, whatever. Then we just have a simple agreement that outlines, you know, what we do, those costs, terms of service, et cetera. We schedule that half hour onboarding call and then we're ready to go. It's pretty simple. That is- um, there's a lot of things we do behind the scenes. Like we set up our application, create an account for you so you can log in. We set up a customized template specific to your customizations. You know, so that where we drive what we do from contract to close is based off that onboarding call. Yes, it's driven by the dates in the contract, but how we go about it is based on that half hour onboarding call. So what comes out of that onboarding call is not just knowledge, but a customized template of how we tackle all those to-dos once we go into contract. So 
we build that out and then we sit and wait for the first transaction. We're ready to go. What does it look like on the back end? So like the dashboard, you say that they have, you know, they have access to this. What does that look like? It's pretty simple. You know, you log in, you have a dashboard with uh, at the top, all the to do's that's going on that you can see that are assigned to you. You can see what's assigned to the transaction coordinator. Most of those will be assigned to the transaction coordinator. It just depends on how involved, you know, you as an agent want to be in the, in the application itself. And then if you have multiple transactions, you'll see all those laid out in cards and you can dig in. So then once you have those, you can see all those to-dos and they get pretty detailed from there. You can log in and see the notes on them. You know, so as we come across things or work on them, we'll add notes. And then we color code them based on a number of different things, but mainly based on in progress. This one's potentially in danger of not meeting a date or this one's past due, so forth. So at, on the surface, it's very basic. You know, it gives you a snapshot of where everything is and what's going on. But behind the scenes... We use it and it gets pretty advanced as far as pulling key pieces of information out of documents and so forth. Is that where they are uploading everything straight to that site? Are they uploading and emailing it to their TC? What, what, how does that go? Customized, man. So it depends. You know, some agents, they don't want to do anything other than just email it. And that's great. That's fine. So if, when they get a transaction, they have two options. They log into the application and they can just start the basic information of here's the address, here's who my client is, here's who the lender is on this deal, and then upload the contract and we're ready to go. Others will just email it to their assigned transaction coordinator. And then in that case, the transaction coordinator goes in and creates that within the application. So it's whatever whatever the agent prefers. I like it. I like it. So is there anything else that I left out or I haven't asked that you would like to uh, include? I don't think so. You know, a lot of it's coverage right now. You know, we we are nationwide, but we don't have transaction coordinators in every state yet. We're getting there. That's that is one de- one supply issue we have is filling that because there's such a big demand. Well, I, imagine, I imagine time zones are really what matters. It's necess- that, not yeah, necessarily. It's a, yeah, it's exactly right. You know, we have a lot of agents that'll come on board, and let's say they're in Nevada. Well, they only want a TC that's in Nevada. Uh, because they are going to assume that no one else will understand that, but it's typically not the case. You know, someone in someone that we have in LA can very easily cover Las Vegas on multiple. It's sometimes just an un, ungrounded or unfounded insecurity. You know, you don't necessarily need that, but we'd like to have them physically located in every state, and we think we'll get there in the next six months. But awesome. in the meantime, if you're in Nevada, you know, we now have a TC there, and. Uh, <laughs> And if you're in other states where we don't have one, I can assure you, if we have a TC that can cover it, the time zone is the biggest deal because that's where sometimes we've seen some hiccups. Is the back end mobile friendly? Uh, it is. There's some aspects of it just because it's set up for a dashboard. You know, you have so much detail. So if you're looking at it at a glance to what transactions there are and then looking at the tasks, it's mobile friendly. But once you start digging in to a lot of things, that's where you had just have challenge in general on you know mobile issues. Just like if you were going to use anything that has a table in it. Like if you wanted to use Google Sheets or an Excel from your mobile, it just doesn't look well. Um, and it's a UX issue. I think we'll eventually get there, but it's it's hard to give a lot of information to a mobile device. I, th- and I, th- I think it from- display properly, you know. Sure, I get it. But I think at the end of the day, you know, and most agents are on the go all the time. And yep. so I, I want to be able to log in and see 
where I stand or what's going on or, you know, I might just be driving down the road and think, crap, what's going on with the Smith file? Yeah. And, and I can just pull over, log in and see what's, what's and I assume red means, you know, past due kind of thing. That you can do. Yeah, that you can do. But as far as operating it from a TC perspective and being a power user, you can do it mobily. It's just not best, just like you wouldn't use, you know, Google Docs or Sheets or something like that from a phone. But yes, if you're on the go, perfect for getting a, a glance at what's going on. I like it. And by the way, I do use Google Sheets on my phone. And you're right. It's it's a smaller picture. I have to move around. Yeah, you gotta, I do yes, too. I it's do. Tricky but, though. But, but I do just because I find it easy sometimes just to, to update something right when I'm on the go, basically, yep. or I'll forget to do it later. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, and I think this is very important to say because I haven't said it or you haven't said it. It's transactly. So spell that for the listener. It's transact. It's like a transaction. Transact L-Y. All one word. You got it. All one word. So Awesome. And so where can they find more information about this on either the web or on social media? Either way, you can just search Transactly. You'll find us. It's a pretty unique name. So Transactly.com or you can go to Facebook, find us there, start a chat with us, whatever you prefer. Awesome. Awesome. And what about you? Where can they find you? What if somebody wants to get a hold of you and ask you questions? They're interested in, 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 in uh, learning from you, from your experience. They're interested in Worth Clark. They're interested in learning more about Transactly. What about you? Where can they find you? Yeah, same place. So I'm so involved in the company now. At some point, you'll likely come across me if you're a client. Um, but you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn. And then if you go to the website, you'll see me there as well if you reach out. And it's Brian with a Y, B-R-Y. Brian with a Y. You got it. And Bowles, B-O-W-L-E-S. You got it. And I'll, I'll give out my email if anyone wants to email me. They're more than welcome to. It's Brian with a Y at transactly.com. Awesome. Dude, this has been, uh, this is very good. Uh, we're, we're excited as lab code agents yeah. to continue to talk to you because we think this is a, a kind of service that not enough people have in their life. Not enough people know enough about it. And more people, like you said, need it because it's going to help you uh, further your career, allow you to do more. Whether whether doing more is having more of a life or whether doing more is having uh, more business, either one, this is the kind of service that you ultimately probably need in your business. Yeah, you bet. I appreciate it. Awesome, man. Well, it's been great. I appreciate it. Again, it's Transactly is the name of, of the platform that we've been discussing the most. Uh, Brian's uh, brokerage is called Worth Clark, if you want to check that out. Otherwise, Brian, thank you so much for uh, being on today. And uh, we look forward to uh, continued conversation. Likewise. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Take care. Welcome Agents Podcast.